0: This episode of The Clappers, it's 1917, all over again.
1: <laughs> We're running through the Oscar contenders, we visit a few things, Jojo uh, jo Rabbit, we Joker, Joker, yeah. uh, Bombshell, mm. the new Margot
0: Robbie film, That's Heart, right. uh, Birds of Prey. Mm. Welcome to The Clappers, I've got my hand on the button, this is Andrew Young. And this uh, is Carl Quinn. Do you ever need to know about that guy? I've got my hand on the button, he's going to stop it every time he speaks. Off you go. Uh, uh. <laughs> I get lots of compliments on this podcast, you know, in, yeah. in the in the public and in the streets yeah, of yeah. the town. Just as you're talking to yourself, walking <laughs> around town, as I've got my, my ears gosh, on. Gosh, that's I've a got good a, podcast. I'm I do, laughing at <laughs> laughing at all the, all the antics. i have so witty. The podcast. Pity about that other chap. No one says a pity. Believe it or not, no. nobody pities you, and really? nobody says it's a pity about you. Nobody <laughs> has said that to me. <laughs> Andrew. If that's what you're looking for, no, you're not no, gonna no, get no, you've absolutely. come to the wrong place. Oh well, good oh good o.
1: Yep. I'm here. Big big day on Monday. This coming Monday. This coming Monday. Really? It's yes. that's sooner of than course, I would have expected. But we yeah, have the Oscars. It's the Ooh. Oscars on uh what is it, February 8th, I think. And uh I I think it's going to be... Well, it's not going to be a one-horse race, but I... Oh, th- what's the horse? I think it's 1917. Star Wars. I think it's 1917. 1917. I think do that, you? Yeah. And I don't Ooh. necessarily think it's the mm. film that should <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, War, horse <laughs> is, War Horse is not up for anything. Uh, uh, yes, but I do, comic. I do think that... Uh, it's a good film, but I don't think it's... By any means, the best film of the year. But I, I think it's become almost unstoppable now. Okay. It, it's, you know, there's a momentum that builds up over awards season. Got an email this morning from uh, a, uh, a machine learning company mm-hmm. that said we're predicting the, the Oscar winners, oh, okay. right? Great. Based not on the qualities of the films, because we haven't seen them. Like Nate Silver. <laughs> but based on uh, what people are saying about them
0: okay, okay. and sentiment. Like
1: on, on and what do you call it, social media? Yeah, what do you uh, call it again? Well, look, they weren't entirely forthcoming with their methodology. Ah. But it's basically, I think what they've done is they've gone, what's one in the... Other award ceremonies. Can you just what stop are people there? Just tell them? me what are we talking about? We're talking about the Baftas. we're talking about the Baftas. The we're Globes, talking about the Golden Globes, the Screen Actors Guild Screen Awards, Actors the uh, the, uh, the New York Critics Circle Awards, American
0: Freedom of Spirit and Smoking.
1: Uh, I don't know about uh, Spirit of Freedom
0: Awards. I don't okay. know
1: where they. I think they're set on the, to the Golden Globes, of, I think. Yeah, they. Right, yeah, the, yeah.
0: In which case, it would happen then. Yeah. Um, so they're the ones we're talking. What's happened in them. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So an aggregate of all yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: So you start to get momentum builds mm-hmm. up over the course of those and the um the producers' guild awards are also okay. a very important indicator, particularly for best film. Um, okay, of course they are. Yep. That yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, a person so there are guild awards yes. that happen. Yes. And then there are the sort of catch all awards, which mm-hmm. is obviously where the Oscars sit and where the BAFTAs sit mm-hmm. and where uh, the uh, where the Actors,
0: the Australian had, Academy of Cinema and Television what a great name. What would a great like to name. sit. <laughs> <laughs> They've really shot themselves in the, every appendage, not just the foot, with mm. that bizarre name and acronym. They thought they would be not, so not, not since the CFMMMMEU has, has <laughs> there been a bizarre and mistaken acronym. Anyway, uh, so this email was basically said 1917
1: for Best Picture, Sam Mendes for Best Director, uh, Renee Zellweger for Best Actress for Judy, Mm -hmm. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, Best Actor for Joker,
0: and
1: and Brad Pitt, Best Supporting Actor, Laura Dern, Best Supporting Actress, Mm -hmm. and I I looked at this and went, well, yeah, they're pretty much the ones I would be predicting as well. I'm not a machine. No. Well, ish. I have a few little creaky bits and pieces. Sure. Uh, No, I mean, I'm, you know, I I just think that by following
0: what's happened and Following by the form. It's just like the Melbourne the form. Cup. Exactly. You follow the Geelong Cup, yeah. you follow the different races that lead up to it and you look at the horses overseas, yeah. horses here. You can, I mean, but, of course, the Melbourne Cup is a bizarre race. There's nothing like it. And so even the, the, the cleverest mind can sometimes get it wrong when yeah. studying the form. And the hope with the Oscars mm. is that that's precisely what happens, yeah. that there's
1: something comes out of left field. I mean, the Jojo Rabbit suddenly emerges mm. as, as best picture or Parasite. You know, of the, that, that would be incredibly would be bold strange. Dis- well,
0: Parasite? Yes. That would be really strange if that one. Parasite. Best picture.
1: Parasite winning best picture yeah. would be not entirely uh, outside the realm of possibility. Well, it Roma would be. Won, didn't it? No, it didn't. Imagine Roma didn't won, win best it, what, picture. What did it win? Roma won best foreign language picture. Oh, okay. And Sorry, and I thought it won best picture. Director and yeah. I think best cinematography. Right, um, and right. Uh, it didn't win best picture even though it was nominated yeah but and no foreign language film has ever won best picture at the Oscars mm. so for parasite to win would be remarkable yeah uh, but it has a lot of love mm-hmm. an enormous okay. amount of love a That's lot of people love that film rightly so yes it, oh. it is superb yeah uh, but it would be it would really come out of left field at this stage mm. so Oscar voting finishes mm. uh, February 4th Right, so it's very, very tight. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, when does it start? Like, do they get it? It'll be it'll be sometime in January. I think they get something like two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. They get a two week window to so basically email it in. Right. Yeah. To qualify, a film has to have been released between January one and December thirty one of the year before. It has to have played in a cinema in Los Angeles for seven consecutive days. Right. Has to have been regularly programmed, Uh, and uh, that's 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 about it. it. Yeah. That's that's really it. So. Um the the voting is it's not like there's a short list of the films that are any film that was released mm-hmm. uh, could possibly be in contention. So you get a you get a, a, a list of nominees uh emerge out of um you know, for the for the various categories, the acting categories and so on, people in their guilds nominate and then for the best film everybody's a member nominates. Yep, right. And so you end up with your your nominees. This year there are nine.
0: What are the nine films, Carl, pray tell, that are up for Best Picture this year Uh, at the Academy Awards? 1917,
1: obviously. Uh, The Joker, Mm -hmm. The Irishman. Oh, Oh, Sorry, when I say The Joker, I mean Joker. Sorry. Sorry. sorry.
0: Don't even worry about that. No one will know.
1: Uh, (laughs) Uh, Parasite. Mm. uh, Little Women. uh, Marriage Story. Uh um, Ford vs. Ferrari. Mm Mm-hmm. Did I say Jojo Rabbit already? He did. And Once Upon a Time. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? In Hollywood.
0: Yeah. And it's like... My feeling on those is that I wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. if the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Ford vs. Ferrari picked 1917. Once Upon a Time is a possibility. Which I haven't seen, but I've seen Ford vs. Ferrari in 1917. But I think it's a long shot. Okay. Uh... Hollywood does love Hollywood. Hollywood though. does love Hollywood, that is and true. I've heard that this film is very loving in its depiction of the It is, the and scene it's very nostalgic. So I think there's like, because the
1: Academy membership, it's not exclusively oh, okay. so, but it skews, and less so than it used to, but mainly it still male, skews white, Hollywood. male yeah. and old. Right? Yeah, but And Hollywood. Yeah, I know, of course, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't actually have to live in Hollywood. No, or no, no, but it's likely. That, yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is so we can say no to marriage stories and no to little women obviously. about the Hollywood that existed f- what nearly fifty, 50 years 50 ago. Oh, well, yeah, it is yeah, fifty years yeah. ago. So that is going to be right in the wheelhouse mm. of a lot of members of the mm. Academy. Yeah. So more so than
0: 1917, good or not?
1: Well, yeah, there aren't many of them. <laughs> They're not quite that old. <laughs> not that
0: many of them that were, and around they don't have, have fond memories either. Me.
1: No, no. <laughs> Those who might have been around. Um, so yeah, look, it's not impossible. that Once Upon a Time could could sneak it, but I'd I'd be a little surprised if it won Best Picture. Okay, yeah. Um, little Women, an outside chance. I don't no. think it'll get there. I think Ford v Ferrari. No, no, I just don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great, it's a great film. It's a yep. really fun film, very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. But I don't think it's going to okay. win Best Picture okay. because
0: it's kind of it's in. Can't wait till next week. Well, you know, you'll see how wrong I am. I can't wait till next yeah. week. Well, you, you may be perfectly right. Like you say, if you look at all the numbers and all the awards, it says has got 1917 written all over it. What I find interesting is that, again, it's the Academy Awards. Yeah. It's mainly Americans voting for uh, best picture. I would. I, I'm surprised that Americans would have any interest whatsoever in a film about set on in one day in the trenches. In France, in the First World War. Well, shall we talk about 1917? Let's talk about 1917. So, did you like it? I did. Yeah. I, I can, there some, there are, as you know, uh, I have my enthusiasms mm. and I. Military history. <laughs> military history being one of them. And I, I do, if it, I'm going to say enjoy, it's not the right word. Mm. I do enjoy First World War films. I enjoy reading about the First World War. Again, enjoy is probably not the right word, but it's a hot studio, you know. Forgive me. <laughs> the thing about a First World War film is, and we can look at All Quiet on the Western Front, we can look at Wings, we can look at that, that Ernest Hemingway one about the wounded soldier and, and the nurse with Helen Hayes that I forget, Paths of Glory, The Trench, Captain Conan, even the Blue Max, which is silly, but still, they, they never end well. Mm. It's not a happy ending in a First World War film. There's, there's no sense of the good guy beating the bad guy. There's no sense of triumph or victory, really. And every, every, we don't need to go into the reason. We all know. If we don't know, then there are books for you if you don't know about the First World War. But this film, so it's doomed from the start. You know that. And it maintains a tension that allows you the folly of thinking that maybe, maybe this is going to turn out all right. And depending on what your view of all right and depending on what your view of a happy ending is, maybe it does. So it leaves a lot of room for your own ideas to kind of move around as you're watching the two characters who basically two soldiers, Lance Corporals, have to deliver a message. Will the message get delivered? You know. And so it's tense and they've got to go through no man's land, through the trenches, through the other side and deliver this message. It's very exciting. And it's well, well really high stakes message. High stakes message. Deliver the message yes. and, and save oh, 1,600 oh, people exactly. from certain so, death. Yeah, it wasn't just a message. And messages like these were sent as, of course. I need my pattees, I need my swagger stick and I need my pearl-handled revolver here <laughs> now. Send that to my Batman and come back. Here. You know, There were silly messages sent. This is a serious message. Yes. Now, my criticisms are... Minor quibbles that may arouse laughter from yourself and our now, listeners. Let, let's hear them. Okay. Well, the first one, straight off, okay. Well, let me say something that I like about uh, First World let, War Let films me just before. jump in yeah, quickly. Do, do. No plot spoilers, okay? Okay, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah no plot spoilers. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I I did I did let one out of the bag when we were talking about Little Women <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but I, I feel that if... if Really? So It's 150 it, years, I, I reckon. Mean, you come know. on, okay? Statute of limitations <laughs> on pot spoilers. You know what happens in the end of Moby Dick? I'll tell you that if you like. <laughs> <laughs> so what I do like about a First World War film is that, and, and sometimes a Second World War film too, you always have great cameos playing officers all the officer class are always portrayed by a well-known actor who's come in for 15 minutes to do his or her little bit and jump out. So it's always lots of fun spotting the famous actor who's come in for the day to be the cameo officer. Always love that. So there's plenty of those for you to look for. The first officer we see does something that I find implausible and bizarre. He brings in these two enlisted men. They're not commissioned officers... They're not officers at all. They're Lance Corporals. And he explains them everything. He tells them everything that's going on, everything that has to happen, why it has to happen. He basically is, uses this bit of dialogue as exposition to tell us. We are told yes. what... Now, this could have happened where he's standing around the maps and he's telling his fellow officers what needs to be done. Send for the Lance Corporals. And then here's your note. Piss off. That's more likely how things were run, mm. especially in, in those... now. It's a a minor quibble but it was something, it was the first thing that I noticed about this film. I do have some good things to say about it too. (laughs) The second thing I noticed is that I guess not unrealistically, they attached their bayonets to their rifles when they went over into the no man's land. You attach your bayonets for a charge. There's no charge, there's no enemy, there's just them. Now... The thing about having a bayonet on your rifle, especially when you're not holding it over your shoulder at port arms but you've actually got it out in an attacking posture, is that you can trip and skewer the man in front of you in the thigh or somewhere worse, which is why you don't walk around with your bayonet attached to your rifle unless it's for immediate use, which wasn't. Those bayonets stayed on those rifles for like the first hour of the film and it drove me Mm, crazy. And then there was a scene yeah. where they
1: mysteriously were not
0: on the rifles. And then they were not on the rifles. Yes. Okay? Yes. The men that you see in this film are barely trained. They're farmers and they're grocers and they're unemployed and they're, they're, they're men who have no, n- no understanding of the military world and nor are expected to. They're basically put in a uniform and told, go over there, up you go. And so, when you see things that happen, cannon fodder, I yeah, think. Yeah, cannon. Is the term. There we go. So there was no training. The German army had been planning since 1890 to invade Belgium, or invade France through Belgium. They had a plan written up in 1890 that just kept being adjusted wow. and adjusted and adjusted. So it's That's bureaucracy for it's, you. Well, they were always ready. That's why. Well, we don't need to get into that. But the point is that these that you see things that are bizarre and you wonder you're presuming because you've seen films about the second world war whether whether it was there was better training you see films with american soldiers who were incredibly well equipped and well trained these guys had virtually no training and so when you see things that you think Wait a minute, why would you do... And you think it's maybe a bit sloppy. It could also be the fact that these guys, they had no, they had no training idea. at all. They had no idea what they yeah. were doing. No idea. Uh, 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 they're, they're naive and ingenuous. They're very likeable characters. The two boys who have to deliver this message. You spend pretty much the whole movie with just these two guys and, and it's really enjoyable. Their relationship and the way they, they help each other, it's, it's, it's great. And, you know, a thing that I think is really good... ...in one sense is that this film isn't a flag-waving exercise in um, a cause... ...or something being right or something being wrong or bashing the officers. A lot of the literature that came out of the First World War... ...Robert Graves, Edmund Blunden, Wilfred Owen, Siegfried Sassoon... ...they're all officers. A lot of the stories told by officers. C.E.W. Bean's um, histories also um, skew on the side of the, the Australian officers and... Um, a lot of people have a view, and I think it's a fairly well-known view, that the, that the war was commanded by very poor officers. Very poor decisions were made by high command and by officers in the field who were, were there by dint of their class and their place in the aristocracy, not by having any kind of experience, even though that was supposed to have ended after the Crimean War. This film doesn't go into that area. It doesn't bash the officers. The officers are more or less empathetic uh, as much as anybody else in the film is. There's no bad guy and there's no villain.
1: I find I find it remarkable that you haven't mentioned the one thing that is. I could leave you something to say. Leave something. (laughs) Thank you. Leave something
0: for the Batman when he's not polishing my boots. Thank you, sir.
1: (laughs) 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 Terribly grateful, sir. Thanks for this opportunity to.
0: Uh, Feed this to the dog. Yeah,
1: yeah, lick (laughs) spittle, sir. Lick spittle. (laughs) (laughs) The the one thing you haven't mentioned Mm. in in terms of the creation of tension Mm. is the one-shot structure. Yeah, which is. The thing that if this if this film does win Best Picture and if Sam Mendes does win Best Director mm. and it, it absolutely should win Best Production Design because that is the thing that is most impressive about this film, hands down. Mm-hmm. It's set up, it's not literally a one-shot film, mm. but it mimics no, no. a one-shot film yeah. and it purports to be a one-shot film carried out in real time, right? Yeah. It, which is it's a not, total... It's not fir- really, but... No, I know it's yeah. not really. <laughs> it's my turn, damn you. Sorry, my you're, turn. Right, you're right. So, I'll get back to the potatoes. So they, they set up out on this mission, which is meant to be six to eight hours, mm. right? which is stated in that expository early scene. And after about 30-odd minutes into the film, maybe 40... One of them says, well, we're halfway there.
0: I know. (laughs) I noticed that. I thought, wait a minute. How could you be halfway there? You've only just gone, like you've come out of the tunnel and you've crossed the thing, you've gone into the ditch and you've climbed. That's not halfway. No, it's a long way short of halfway. So The the Cherry Grove, that's where he said it, just at the Cherry
1: Grove. Wait a minute. Now I need to see that map. And, and there is a uh, – it's a race against the clock. Yes. The whole thing is constructed around this, yes. this sense of you have to get there before they go out of the trenches, over yep. the top. Now, it's, there's a little bit of wiggle room here, and I've only watched it once, so I don't know whether I'm – Once is enough. I, I don't know whether I've missed a, like a key sort of moment that explains this, but mm. it's uh, – so we've got this six to eight hours. Yeah. And, it, and then is there buffer – for them to get there, have a cup of tea and a lie down before telling them, no, you can't go out? No. you Well, got to the attack at is at Or dawn. is it really like, we're really up against it. You've yeah. got six to eight hours. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, that's it. It's done, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we get, as well as the 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 foe, we're halfway there mm. moment, we also get a blackout period. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we won't say too much about what happens.
0: No, no but you get a period we where get a period time passes of and, time, and we don't know how much. Lost
1: time. Yep. And that then presumably, you know, adds uh, another at well, least five minutes to the we, journey.
0: We, and and I, I I trust that I'm not spoiling anything, but it, the mission begins in daylight. Yes. Okay. But do we know what time of day? Not really. No, we no. just know that it's daylight and it's in April. Mm. Okay. Now, April is not daylight savings. Mm-hmm. April is not summer. Mm-hmm. April is what you might describe as... Spring, so s- probably a twelve-hour day, yeah, roughly. Yeah, yeah. So, so you could say that if it's still daylight, it could be any, it could be three in the afternoon, yeah. it could be five. So, you know, there is some space in terms of how much time we actually have to get from the trench to stopping the attack. But yeah, when when time is lost because of something that happens in the film that we won't tell you. It's hard to know whether we're – is it eight at night now? Is yeah. it midnight? Is it two in well, the morning? Well, at, at a
1: certain point it's, it's dawn.
0: Yeah. So mm.
1: anyway, all, all, that's all sort of – you know, I, I'm
0: willing to forgive some oh, of that. Yeah, I'm yeah, willing yeah. to forgive
1: some I, of that. I am willing to forgive
0: I have. I i would not change this film. My, my, I think there are times when you think an intelligent person doesn't need to be spoken to this way or an intelligent person <laughs> doesn't need to have this film explained to them and there could have been much more explaining – for a film that is apparently going to win an American award, there is very little explaining. I think that it's
1: it's a remarkable achievement as a piece of direction, yes. I, yes. and I and I do I do you know I doffs me cap to him because I think that the orchestration of this
0: yeah is, the choreography yeah is, the choreography is amazing yeah, yeah. And,
1: and they rehearsed it like yeah. endlessly they went out mm-hmm. and they walked through before they built the sets yeah they walked through Mendes and his leading men walked through where all the things were going to happen. They timed how long it would take to do these things yep. and then they built the sets mm. around that, right, yeah. to, to it's account great, for that. It's a great way of doing it. it. It's remarkable. I mean, it's not the first one-shot film by a long stretch. There
0: are many, many one-shot well, the films. First some of them, foe some of them shot have film. actually been one-shot, actual one-shot <laughs> films, including Locke. This is a film that I can recommend, certainly, mm. and it's... There will be people with even... My dad will probably have even more quibbles yeah. with this film yeah. than I did. Yeah. yeah. But... Look, more, I, I just want to say, yeah, I think sure. where it
1: falls short, yeah. character development... Yep. I think the performances are, are adequate, but okay. they're kind of perfunctory. Yep. Because there's so little for them to work with. It's not yep. a story about dialogue or no. or character. It's really like... These are the, these two characters are uh, mm-hmm. cogs in a machine. Mm-hmm. It's it's such an impressive machine yeah.
0: that do you mean I, the machine done... of,
1: of the British Expedition? No, Reforce I mean the machine, the, the machine of the, of the of film. Of the movie? Right, okay. I, I mean they Sorry, are there yeah. to mm-hmm. move the narrative along. That's, yes. the, I mean they, they're yeah, the they're key to the narrative. Yes. but they are really just parts of the machine. Yeah, it's a brilliant machine. It's mm-hmm. a giant mousetrap of a thing. It's huge. It I is... watched
0: it till the very end, and I don't think I've sat through a longer credit sequence at the end of a film. Right, there are more people, I think, involved in this film than maybe anything that I've seen. You know, I don't I don't know uh, how to judge that, but I was amazed at how many people were involved in this film. So it's up for 10 Academy Awards,
1: but yeah. the w- one, one award that it's not up for? Yes. Can you guess what it is? Well, costume? No, nah, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. Because there's probably a lot that it's not up for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, editing. Editing. Yeah. Mm. And I think... The discussion of it as a one-shot film yes. has worked horribly against the this Australian film editor edited. Lee Smith, yeah, right? Because yes. there is editing, yes. believe me, there is yes, editing, I'm, I'm... and it is seamless. Yep, it's, and it's beautifully done. The, the construction of of this film made me, as I'm watching
0: it, mm-hmm. go, oh, "I think it's a one." Oh, Spider-Man. See that's that's unfortunate for you. It is a I, limit, I, I, I didn't do yeah, that. I yeah. just enjoyed the film. Meanwhile, going. wait a minute! They should.
1: Be <laughs> going, oh, this, right. Consulting consulting your
0: World War One history. Is that tomes. webbing? Is that webbing back to front? I mean, one minute it's yeah. So <laughs> don't see a we film each have with. Now. D- don't <laughs> don't ever quotes. see a film with me. Okay, it's not going to be good. <laughs> Saw Jojo Rabbit. We spoke about it last week, but I had not much to offer yeah. because I didn't see it. But I did see it. I thought it was really good, really good, really um, balanced, funny and tragic. Oh, you found it all funny? at once? Yeah, found it funny uh, okay. and tragic all at once. I thought, <laughs> I thought Sam Rockwell was was perfect. Just an amazing balance of weary, cynic, and um, strange, eccentric, and I. Found that that I was able to put up with the amount of Rebel Wilson that was in the film. She's not an actor that I enjoy seeing on the screen. M- to mainly, to be fair, if that's the right word, because the type of stuff she's in is not the type of stuff mm. I want to see. And her persona always obnoxious. So it's on it's, Sam you know,
1: Rockwell, I, yeah. uh, I saw Richard Jewell, which is Clint Eastwood's new film. Oh, uh, not not out yet. It's a few weeks away, and it, But it's up for a. It's up for an Oscar, I think for. Um, Best actor, I think. Mm. Uh, but it uh, Sam Rockwell plays uh, a lawyer in that okay, film, yeah. and he's great. Of
0: course, mm. just, I can't think he of a time very, when very he good. hasn't been great. Mm. I've enjoyed everything I've seen him in. I haven't seen The Mule because it looked too sad. Some even, you know, sometimes I have to draw the line. That's a Clint Eastwood film that came out recently, but I do enjoy Clint Eastwood films. So Jojo Rabbit, I had no qualms with whatsoever and enjoyed uh, – If again, that's perhaps not the right word, but uh, it was funny and it was tragic. And a couple of quibbles too, but I would be spoiling the film for those of you who saw them. Let's get – come and see me in, in a couple of months. You see me, I'm out there playing records, playing the drums somewhere. Uh, come and say, hey, what what were what your quibbles with Jojo Rabbit? And I'll tell you in real life, okay? Don't be shy. I might not want to talk to you about everything. I might not want to hang out with you or anything, but we can certainly talk about Jojo Rabbit. Should just mention Margot Robbie up for again up for bombshell. She's like your favorite person. She's
1: well, you yeah. talk about it all the time, uh, man. I, I often get asked to write
0: about her. So yeah, well, that Margot, sort of like those Margot Robbie t-shirts you wear, uh, uh. It's, I think. I don't know. I Hope you don't wear them to the office. That's all I'm saying.
1: Well, I saw. I saw. Um the new Harley Quinn movie, Birds of Prey. Why? Why? Because it's my job, mate. It's my job. Can
0: you ever say no? Could you say no? This of course, is I mean, this stupid. Will, there are lots of films. I'm not going to see this There film, are lots of movies stupid. I do not see. Tell me another one you didn't see on purpose. <laughs> That's a ridiculous question. That's a good it's like, question, un- friends. <laughs> I've asked him the unanswerable question. He cannot answer it because he sees them all. I don't. He's like a gourmand. He just. It, uh, Mr. Creosote Films, uh, Carl Quinn.
1: When uh, <laughs> <a> the
0: <thin> Blockbuster.
1: <laughs> but they're brilliant, not, are they? They're three hours long. it. Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: Terry Jones. So you yeah. play both Eric Idle and Terry Jones uh, yeah, at your parties.
1: Is, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the Birds of Prey. Yeah. It, it's. I mean, you would hate it. You I would.
0: know. I saw the short for it. I thought, what, what? I asked them if the ads were over yet. They said they were. It is noisy.
1: It is flashy. It mm-hmm. is colourful. It is—I would say—the most comic booky comic book movie I, I can remember seeing. Okay. In that, it's it's like colourful. Stupid. Well, no, it's no, got that kind fair, of. It's yeah. got that kind of exploding out of the frame kind of energy mm-hmm. of comic books. You know, it doesn't. There's no there's no screens. Uh, you know, sort of uh, explosion saying Biff, Pow, Kabam. No. But it's as close as damn it to that. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, there, are, there are bursts of color, literally bursts of yeah, color. Yeah. She fire, fires a shotgun at one at one point that's loaded with these big brass um, <laughs> pellets that have got—I don't—I don't know what they've got in them. They've got like paint. They've got puff balls. They've got weird things in them. So that she's not killing people, right? She's not killing police. She's judging she's them. them. She's <laughs> fabularizing <laughs> them. It's like queer eye. <laughs> For
0: Margot. So that's Margot Robbie. Uh,
1: she produces film. She stars in it, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. It's directed, written, written by a woman, directed by a woman. It is absolutely... The title is the... Uh, the subtitle is The, uh, the Emancipation... The fabul- uh, Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Mm. And it is the most overtly Me Too story mm-hmm. I can imagine in this space. Mm. It is almost a companion piece to Bombshell... If Bombshell is okay. a film for adults, mm-hmm. <laughs> this this birds of prey is almost almost the same story mm-hmm. for kids. Okay. It's it's quite bizarre. It's it's a really strange piece of work. I'm not sure ultimately I'm not sure who it's for. I mean there are there is a big female audience for superhero movies, so yeah. maybe this is like for 15-year-old girls, right? Yeah. Rather than the 15-year-old boys who are the sort of like core market of mm-hmm. all the other movies. Yeah. And plenty of women go to see them as well, but yeah. really they're made with a 15-year-old boy in mind. Mm-hmm. I think this is made with a 15-year-old girl in mind, okay. which is a really interesting proposition. Sure. And Ewan McGregor in this film plays yeah, a villain who I kept waiting for somebody to call him Harvey because he is – okay. Almost, except that he's... I think it would be fair to say he's gay, but he's a misogynist. He's an absolute okay. misogynist. And there's one scene in which he absolutely humiliates, publicly humiliates a woman, makes her partner tear her dress off her in a nightclub because she's laughed when, some, when he was in a funk and he's basically mm. exercising his power. This is my club. This is yeah. I. And it was like, holy crap, this whole thing is like, a, you know, it's an allegory for... Mm. Particular kinds of men in Hollywood. I mean, yeah. in any workplace, yeah. but yeah. particularly in Hollywood. And it just felt like what a strange thing to do with a superhero movie. And it's in a weird way a parallel to Joker, the Joaquin yeah. Phoenix movie, yeah. which is a remake of King of Comedy in the superhero form. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's interesting the way
0: these people have just genre listening is. to the clappers can go back and listen to our thoughts on Joker with A few episodes ago. Mm. If you missed that one, uh, if you're interested in this, if you're looking forward to the Oscars and you want to catch up with some of the more intelligent views on <laughs> film, we this, can
1: we can put some links on our this, Facebook we can, we, page. Put, we can put
0: some links to the New York <laughs> Times and Variety and and all the other great uh, organs. <laughs> a-
1: anyway, I just, oh, the point I'm making there is, can just, listen, I just you can think, listen back.
0: I just think yeah. that the
1: the it's. Particularly fascinating mm-hmm. the way the superhero movie or supervillain movie space is being co-opted mm-hmm. for these quite you know quite adult and quite complex kind of discussions, mm-hmm. sometimes thinly veiled, sometimes heavily masked. But it's a uh, you know I, I do find that a really interesting element of this space.
0: Valentine's Day, Carl is next next the following saturday isn't He's it still my beating heart is it yeah the 14th of february what are you getting me i'm not sure i've, I've been a little slack in the old valentine's day department <laughs> over the years and i'm not sure if that means i have to get some really big thing or just pretend that those years didn't happen and just go modest uh do you ever do anything on valentine's day <laughs>
1: Uh, other than forget it? Yeah, um, other
0: than forget that it's St. Valentine's, Valentine's Day. do you ever do anything? I, um, I know you didn't celebrate no. St. Andrew's Day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, get anything for when that. They, when they bring in a St. Carl's Day, I'll give it some yeah, thought. Well, okay. When, Carl Stefanovic, reciprocal, when reciprocal Carl Stefanovic finally gets his uh, whatever they call it. What do you call it? Beatitude, canonization, beatification. When when the beatification of
1: Carl Stefanovic happens, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, no. um, Oh, look, I'm ashamed to say that. Mm. mm, I'm ashamed, proud. I don't know. Mm. No, it doesn't really register on my, uh, um, you know, Mm. my calendar of things I need to pay attention to.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Maybe Uh, every day is a day of romance in your (laughs) household. That's that's it. Well, for you, just for you and the people who tend to forget St. Valentine's Day, they can come and see me and the Double Lovers, the band I play in, at really? The Gem on Valentine's Day. Two sets. It's free. It's in Collingwood, The Gem, and we'll be playing some really extra lovin' sounds for the people.
1: Extra-loving. Can, extra. can you elaborate? Well, well, I, I think we'll Soul. be...
0: Oh yeah, style of music. Yeah. Soul, yes, soul, yeah. rhythm and blues. Some of the swampy stuff from the late fifties. Uh, we've got a few new originals now too, which I'm very. I think it's one of the things that happens when you start getting together and you create a sound and start playing some other people's stuff. That's good. But when you finally start getting your own stuff happening, you get very excited about that, mm. and you always look forward to that oh, good, this is one of my favourites now, you know. Um, So it's good when that happens and that's been happening. So, yes, if you're at a loose or a tight end, maybe if you're at a tight end on the (laughs) night of St. Valentine's Day, (laughs) February the 14th, you can come down to the Gem in Collingwood and check out the Double Lovers, the Double Lovers. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's it. So this is Andrew Young. And this was Carl Quinn. Thank you for listening. As always, you can go to the Facebook page. You can like us, love us, loathe us. You can tell your friends. You can listen to this wherever you get your podcast. Share, don't share. And, of course, our other ones are all there for you to listen back to if you want to gain some wisdom before Oscar night. or will be Oscar day for us, won't it? It will.